Good morning and welcome back to another episode of the Modest Millionaire Show. I am your host, Andrew Johnson, and I am coming at you from the south, down in the great state of Mississippi. And today we are going to talk about student loan horror stories from around the country. So strap in and buckle up. We've got a lot of them. What's going on? Welcome back. Happy Thursday. I want to send a shout out to some of my listeners out there. If you're new to my podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You won't regret it. It's very entertaining, especially on a long road trip or on the way to work or on the way back from work. Today, we're going to talk about student loan horror stories. There's a lot of them, and I'm going to read some off to you guys, and I'm going to give advice to these people if they are listening to this podcast, hopefully they are. Here's one from Cleveland, Ohio, hot in Cleveland. Over $250,000 in debt, not working in my field after all of that. No way to pay it off. Yes, I am a millennial. However, I'm afraid to plan for the future due to the fact that the IRS will come after me. Um, after 25 years of forgiveness, I think what he's trying to say is that uh, you will, your loan will be forgiven after 25 years. And that is true only if you are up to date on all of your payments, which I don't think this person is. So that um, 25 year uh, forgiveness program would not be an option for this person. Uh, what I would have done was at least pay something towards this student loan and try to keep current as much as possible. It looks like this person's probably going to be screwed because they didn't keep up with their payments. Well, here's a little bit more advice for that gentleman in Cleveland. I would make payments on this loan because this loan is going nowhere and it will follow you the rest of your life, unfortunately, unless you took out some of these loans uh, privately, which that way you can file bankruptcy and get rid of those. But if it's a federal student loan, then that's going to be a big problem because you can't erase those with uh, bankruptcies and they will garnish your wages if you do not pay them back. So I'm sorry to say this is such a sad situation where somebody went to school and they couldn't afford it and they didn't even get a job out of it after they spent $250,000. It's just a sad state of affairs. There's so many other ways to go to college affordably that the young people in this generation are just not looking into. And I will name some of those uh, coming up later in the podcast. Well, here's a positive story here. I have a technical question. I am about to pay off one of my loans. Yay, one of my loans. Okay. The loan is $46,000. Will the bank allow this to go through? The only other time in my life that I've made a large payment like this was a down payment on a house, which was made via wire. Of course they would accept a payment like that. That's not going to be a big deal. I would go there and speak to a banker or call over the phone and tell them that you're going to be making a large payment 
in the amount of $46,000 and give them kind of a heads up just in case they might uh, block that payment. But I would definitely, you know, call ahead and make sure it's legit and everything and, you know, clear it with the bank first before I made that payment. Here's another question out there. It's from a gentleman. He says, I have been putting aside money since the loan pause. I have $10,000 left on my loans. I am unsure if I should keep putting money aside to pay it down when the pause ends or invest what I would normally put aside and wait and see if Biden forgives the $10,000 he promised and make minimum payments until then. It's two loans at 5.3% interest average between the two. Well, $10,000 really isn't that much money. I mean, compared to the amount of people having in student loans. And if you are having the money to put aside to pay off this loan, I would keep socking that money aside and I would not invest that money that you were going to originally pay on your loan because as history proves itself, politicians promise a lot of things and they don't deliver. And I would not put all my eggs in one basket, hoping that Joe Biden will forgive these loans. And I would keep that money flowing into a bank account and I would knock out that student loan instead of relying on the government because you never know what's going to happen. And if you lock up your money in an IRA, you will be stuck with penalties and taxes. So I would just hang on to the cash, sock it away and put it towards the $10,000 you owe. Okay, here is another student loan horror story. And it goes a little bit like this. I want to start off saying I don't want any advice on what I should have done or what I've done wrong. If I could rewind and never take out private loans, I would do it in a heartbeat, but I can't and need advice on what to do now. I have about $230,000 in student loan debt, 20,000 in federal debt, 210000 spread over four loans from two different private lenders. It's a lot. I went to my dream college, one of the most expensive colleges in the U.S. Okay, that was your first mistake. Why would you do that? All right, I've been telling people from time and time again, unless you've got a free ride scholarship to a university, I wouldn't even go to the university my first two years. I would go to the community college, get my math, science, and my core classes done at a much, much less rate than going to a, a an expensive university and paying 10 times as much for the same class. It's really stupid. All right, so that's your first problem. And most jobs uh, require a degree, but they don't require a degree from an expensive university. You can get the same job going to a lesser expensive university the point is to have that piece of paper to get you the job. doesn't matter what school you went to. All right, moving on. Let's see what he says here. At age 17, my parents told me that we'd make it work. I shouldn't have just trusted that and absolutely should have been more involved in the process of taking on these loans. Absolutely, because the loans are in your name. But I was 17 and dumb and excited to go to my dream school. 
I graduated in 2019 just in time to score my dream job a month before COVID shut the whole industry down. And I have been unemployed since March. I currently owe thousands more than I took out with zero luck finding a job. Wow. Well, he probably didn't pay anything towards the loan because he didn't have a job, which is very unfortunate. I just heard from my lender that the COVID relief forbearance is ending this month. Okay, but that was a while ago. Oh, I see. This is a private lender. The uh, COVID relief forbearance is on federal loans only. So if you have a private loan out there, you are absolutely required to make some kind of payment towards it without it. Uh, so make, to make sure it doesn't go into the default. You know what I mean? I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm terrified. I'm just barely paying rent and minimal groceries. And my loan payments are about to be over four times my rent. My parents do not have a lot of money. Okay, well, I don't know why they told you we'll make it work knowing they don't have the financial means to help you out. I mean, what kind of parents would do that? I mean, that's just terrible, terrible. I would never say to my child that I would help them with college if I didn't have the means to do it. That's just really terrible. I'm at the end of my rope after looking for help and only finding articles saying that my options are to suddenly have $230,000 or die. I've already got mental health struggles and I've had dark thoughts and I am weighing my options. So God, do not kill yourself over this stupid loan. I would just, you know, stay the course, you know, it's not worth it. So this gentleman here is in quite a pickle, okay? He's got a private student loan and he is not going to get that loan pause from the government because like I said, it's a private loan. Those are only good for federal loans. So what I would do if I was this guy is I would throw any money I had towards it, you know, a few bucks here and there just to know that you're paying something towards it because eventually they're going to come after you and garnish your wages. Again, uh, this gentleman is looking for a dream job. I would take any job right now. And if you have a college degree, you can get a job pretty much anywhere. And the job market now, there's more jobs than there are people to fill them. I would just take a job to have a job and start paying my bills, my rent, putting a little bit towards the student loans. And then once this COVID blows over, if it ever blows over, I would look for a job in my field and go that route. But it's always better to have a job than not, to not have a job. All right, let's move on to a positive story. A little background. These student loans started at about $20,000 and came due in 2008, just in time for the housing market to crash. Went from making $60,000 a year to couch surfing. During this time, I kept the loans in varying states of deferment and forbearance. Fast forward to 2014, I'm finally back making what I did in 08, but my job was a temp position and I had no savings, so I kept the loans in deferment and forbearance. Due to the interest capitalization, the loan principal was about 24000 So basically, you didn't make any payments on the loan, and it ballooned to 24000 Not very smart. And also, if you were couch surfing and you're making good money, why the heck wouldn't you be paying towards your loan? You say you're making good money. Where's all your money going to? Avocado toast? I don't know. All right. 
Let's get back on track here. Fast forward 2018, the loan gets my latest salary information and ups my payment from about $137 a month to $421 a month. My initial reaction was to freak out and set a forbearance deferment, but I made the decision at this point to stop running from them. Yeah, if you're making good money, pay your loan back because you don't want to keep ballooning that loan out. Eventually, it'll become $30,000, $40,000 from $20,000. You know, it makes more sense just to pay on it. Made the cuts to my budget. Finally, these guys waking up started making serious headway on the principal. Due to the fact I was able to work from home during the pandemic, I never lost any real income and saved a ton of money on gas and car maintenance and also kept getting checks from the government uh, via stimulus, which I would have took those checks and threw them towards the loan, which this guy probably did. Finally pulled the trigger today and paid off the remaining $6,500. I know my principal was never a huge number, but it still feels gigantic because now I have paid off the loan and now I can save towards retirement. I feel like a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Well, congratulations, man. I appreciate that you paid off your loan and you're debt-free, student loan-wise. It's now to start socking that money away towards your retirement, at least 15% of your earnings towards retirement and start saving for a house and getting your life together. Congratulations. Well, it looks like I've misspoken. You cannot file bankruptcy on private student loans or federal student loans. I knew you couldn't do it on federal, but I didn't know you could not file bankruptcy on a private loan. If you file bankruptcy, you're only allowed to write off consumer debt, but not the student loan. So you have to pay those loans off or they will eventually come after your salary and they'll get your money anyway. And also, if you don't pay your loan like that gentleman did in the earlier story, your loan just keeps increasing and you keep whacking interest on it and it never goes down. So it's always good to negotiate the interest rate on it and throw some money towards it. Uh, most companies will be happy to work with you as long as you show in good faith that you're at least sending some money towards the loan. But if you ignore the loan, then you're opening up a can of worms and you're just going to have this thing balloon way out of control, which would be not wise, obviously. I would always throw some money towards a student loan, even if you're paying $50 a month, something, because the bank wants to know that you're actually paying something towards the loan. So when I was in college back in the early 2000s, I was able to get a degree. I got a two-year degree. I was able to go to the community college and work and pay my tuition. But I did fall behind, um, and I put a bunch of tuition on a credit card, which is a big mistake. didn't know about loans or anything like that. So I eventually paid off the credit card debt and learned the hard way to never do that again. But uh, always try to get a loan that has an affordable interest rate. Never put tuition on a credit card. Okay, I'm going to rant a bit here. I've said this before. I'll say it again. It cannot be overstated. If you are thinking about college, go to community college. Don't go to a university across the United States and pay out-of-state tuition, meal plans, dorms. This is how your student loans become 
out of control, okay? I know you want to get away from the parents, and that's fine, but you're going to regret this because once you get those loans come due, then reality sets in pretty fast. I mean, you can get your math and science courses done, your prerequisite courses done at a much, much less expensive rate. And even if you did that, I still wouldn't even want to move across country and rack up debt. For the last two years, I'd find a local college that had affordable tuition, and I would still live at home and go to work, maybe work part-time somewhere, and live at home with mom and dad, get your college degree, and your loans will be minimal. There are ways to go to college today that will not put you in a situation where you cannot buy a home until you're 50 and you're not paying off your loans until you're well into your 40s. And that sets you back because you want to be investing in retirement and stuff like that. You don't want to be paying student loans well into your 50s or 60s. It's not worth it. And here's another rant here about college. A lot of jobs offer tuition reimbursement that people are not taking advantage of. I have taken advantage of it when I wanted to move into a different career. I did get my tuition paid for through the hospital that I was working at, especially in healthcare. There's such a shortage of healthcare workers now. There's so many jobs in healthcare. You could start out being an EVS tech, like a, like a janitor, you know, sweeping floors, taking the garbage out. Uh, answering phones, receptionists, anything to get your foot in the door. And once you get in the door, then you can get eligible for the tuition reimbursement. A friend of mine was a nurse at uh, Northwestern back in Chicago where I was working at for about 13, 14 years. And she had an associate's degree in nursing and she wanted to get the bachelor's. So she was brilliant because Rush Medical Center in Chicago offers free tuition to its employees up to, I think, eight hours a semester. So she was working full-time as a nurse and went to school part-time for the very low cost of free. Okay, so she was able to get her Bachelor of Nursing for $0. I think she had to pay for books, though. But tuition-wise, if you had to pay that tuition there as a private school, that would be over a hundred grand for two years at least. So she saved a hundred grand that way, paid for the books, not so bad of a deal, and had a job while she was working towards her goal. And that was wonderful, okay? There are ways to do it. You can work at Starbucks. You can go to Arizona State online for free. You work there part-time. You can go to school for free, absolutely free. And it's online, you don't need any books. And most of these college courses now don't even require textbooks anymore. Uh, most of them are just software on computer laptops. But some old school universities do use books. But my point is, look for jobs out there that offer tuition assistance. Take advantage of it. doesn't hurt. And then you're still working and you're making a few bucks and you're going to college. It's a win-win for everybody especially for the place that hires you because if they retain you and they invest in you, they win that way as well. As you know, there are more jobs out there now than there are people to fill them. So you can pick any job you really want to get as long as you qualify for that position 
educational wise, if that makes sense. If you have the education to get the job, then you have the pick of the litter. Uh, me, I work in healthcare. I can get a job in any state. I'm getting calls and emails constantly wanting to recruit me, even working for temp agencies that pay a lot of money. But I have a family. And I don't want to be separated from them, so I do not take advantage of that. But there are ways to make a killing out there, and there are ways to go to school that don't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Even two-year programs at community college can lead to $60,000, $70,000 a year jobs, and you'll have no loans coming out of there, and you would be set on easy street. You'd be saving for retirement at a younger age. You'd be a millionaire by the time you did retire, and there are ways to do it. All right, guys, that does it for me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modest Millionaire Show. I'm your host, Andrew Johnson, signing off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe, and I will see you guys later.